This is Off the Leash with Jeremy and Patty, a podcast that encourages you to tap into your inner warrior and eradicate your self-limiting beliefs. OTL is an ever-growing tribe of individuals who refuse to stay complacent and through the power of human connection, push the limits we set upon ourselves in the efforts towards self-development. Welcome. Bada boom, bada bam. This is Patty. Jeremy. Wanted to start off by thank you, uh, thanking all of... Uh, our listeners that have tuned in and sent us feedback and I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of support that we have gotten through our community and it means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, totally. It's always, you always have the people who, who listen to it and they give you like the thumbs up and then the people who have a lot of feedback. So all of which is uh, welcomed and appreciated for sure. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. Uh, episode two. Yes. We're here with, uh, Tyler Hansen as well on the, the computer behind on, the scenes. On the keys. Yes. But uh, it is a new year. 20, yeah. 2020, which is freaking crazy. New decade. That is true as well. That is kind of, I don't know, that's kind of weird. We're in the 20s. I didn't even think about it too. I was just like, oh, it's just another year. And then uh, my wife was like, yeah, but it's a, it's a new decade. And I was like, oh my God. Like, And then I started to think of the last 10 years. Dude. It took me back. Those those ten year like flashbacks when you like start scrolling through pictures and you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa. But uh, I got clean at the beginning of you know 2010. So when I got when I really thought back to the decade, I was like, holy shit! Like this last last decade was nuts, dude. That's <laughs> that's a leap, bro. right? A leap. I know. I, so I started scrolling back and I was uh, one. You just like look so much different, which is one thing, and then you like. <laughs> It's crazy because when you like look at pictures, pictures are so crazy because you can like remember that exact moment in time, like mm-hmm. where you were, what you felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was super insane. I was like doing landscaping and just like pulling trees around and looking nasty, dirty. And it's just, it just gives you such a different like perspective on, on where you were, and where you came from. So was your uh, was your accident in the last 10 years, too? Uh, yeah, it was like right on the cusp. Yeah. So it's is uh the whole the whole eye thing went was in the last 10 years yeah too so it's massive uh massive transformation that's pretty cool um crazy that people were born at 2000 or 20 years old now yeah that's so strange that's the trivia one too because a couple of my uh younger generation cousins were like that and then now it's like they're 2021 20, i'm like what the hell yeah or you get <laughs> you're the, drinking legally or, or you get the kids that you know, like we're tiny when you're growing up and they're like, you get to graduating from high school, like card in the mail. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. You're supposed to be young forever. Yeah. So oh, I, my nephew's like that right now too. He's 15. Dude, that's not true. Like, Are you kidding? 15 years old, man? You're what the like, hell are you doing with your life? <laughs> and you, you just got to still let him know you can throw him around a little bit. Oh, that's automatic. I still jump on the skate. They're all into skateboarding. I just jump on bus couple Were all these couple uh, kickflips. Yeah, I was a skateboarder. So, Dang. but they're like at that stage where they're learning how to ollie and like learning how to kickflip. I was like, like, give that to Uncle. Let me show you how like, it's done. Let Big Uncle <laughs> get on this board. Did you have any bad injuries? Was he wearing? I didn't. Uh, besides the typical like uh, screwdrivers, where your your board goes up in between your legs, it's not, and not ideal. Hit your nuts. <laughs> Those are pretty bad. These, but these no, nuts. no broken bones or anything like that. I've been pretty fortunate in all of my uh, athletic Same. career. You know, Actually, just growing like, up playing sports and stuff. I I never had any broken bones or nothing. Same, which Same. is crazy. How much like sports and stuff? I know that 
I doubt the only the only injury that I had was a dislocated growth plate in my wrist because I was at a, a a senior when I was a freshman's birthday party and we were playing uh, two in touch and I was lucky might have been talking a little bit too much trash and uh, we went from uh, two in touch to tackle real quick and didn't know how to fall properly so decided to fall back on the on a nice bent wrist. I'm no expert, but that sounds like an evolution thing. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> hey well, man, my, my Hawaiian bones don't break, bro. <laughs> no, pr- probably not. Warrior culture or something like that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, 2020. So new year. Obviously, that comes with a lot of mm. uh, mm-hmm. cliches. Mm-hmm. And uh, new year, new me. And all the fun things, whether it be gym memberships or new diets or habits changing. What do you think? <sighs> it's so tired. <laughs> the best, best me myself came out by complex and it was like a whole bunch of you guys are about to be brand new people in two hours. I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> it's like just, just the amount of saying doesn't make it. So it's just so, I, so difficult. I think too, like whatever your profession is, you always have the, the locker room talk, I guess you could quote unquote call it like restaurants. You're in the back of the kitchen, like talking all the crap about all the customers and stuff. And I, being a fitness coach, I think you get that a lot too. And you meet up with the other fitness coaches and you talk about all the stereotypes and the things right. coming out. And it's like New Year's resolutions. That's one of them, you know, and all the people coming out of the woodwork. I'm not a huge fan. So how do you, so how do you overcome that? So like, what, what would you give somebody for advice as far as like how to set up a strategy that would be successful like if they want to change whether it be a habit or their fitness or their you know mindset what would be your strategy to go into that in order to actually follow through mm-hmm. I think um and I've had a couple of the clients recently ask me that oh you know come in this new year we're gonna do this and I really had to hold them there and be like why wait and I think that's yeah. the first thing right I mean it's like why wait because if we always just go, I'm going to do that tomorrow or I'm going to start doing that next week, um, then it comes to that time and then it, you get that excuse again. Well, tomorrow's another day yeah. or I'll do that. You know, so it's just like start now and then the next step is actually making realistic goals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the small bites and I always try and teach them that it's like take a small bite here, take a small bite here. And then eventually those small bites add up to that larger chunk. You know what I mean? So it's really just realistic goals that you can start today and don't, don't wait. I mean, procrastination is a plague. Yes. Basically. And it can really just, and I'm, and I, I am a master of procrastination. And so I, so do it more than others. I'm trying to work on that on a daily basis. I'm definitely a procrastinator too. I, I think it's because I operate better under pressure. Mm. So like if I know I have like a timeline and I come down, like I like the, I like the pressure of having the, you know, short deadlines to get something done. I probably put myself in too many bad situations, but I think it also helped me out in other areas of life. And I'm the same too. I work <laughs> under the pressure like that too. But then I, when I think about it, um, is the quality of work. Yes. The best that you can do. Right. And so that's really switched my sh- thinking. You know, it's like when I plan and like execute something like, along oh God, that plan. This is how nice it feels when I actually don't have to be stressed. Yeah. And the quality of work is that much better. Yeah. 
instead of just rushing through it. I mean, I, but I get it though too, because I'm that last minute and then crank it out and be like, Ooh, I did it. I'm a boss. <laughs> but then the quality of work right. has areas of improvement. And when you're trying to get to the top level of the game, you know, it's really managing yeah. those little small errors um, that makes hmm. you another level, you know? And so that's just daily practice. Um, how about you? What do you tell your clients uh, or people in general? I, one thing I've, I've been really trying to hone in on is, is set goals that affects who you are more than just like an action. So whether it be a food, like not just like eating, but like, you know, having a vision for yourself and then that thing actually changing who you are, um, is the only way that it's sustainable, you know? Cause if it's, if it's just like some diet, that's like a flash in the pan, like you have no emotional attachment to it. Like if it fails, so what? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but really like looking at, you know, if you want to set a goal, like set something that costs you something, you know, whether it be like your work ethic, like set a goal for your work ethic or your discipline of when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I do it and I follow through with it to completion or something like that. Um, because when you apply that to anything from there on out, like you're able to succeed because it's who you are. Um, and also, um, we're talking about Goal setting, uh, I think this year I, I was trying to dial in with people on having time-released goals. Mm-hmm. So like you said, start with something small, and then as you go, you know, you're building on it, not only in confidence because you've seen yourself do it, and you've built in kind of that habit into your routine, um, which allows you to kind of stack on top of it. So say if it's like hydration, and you're like, I'm not drinking any water, you know, mm-hmm. which I go in like super bad waves of like, I'll be mm-hmm. like on the gallon challenge and all of a sudden like, I haven't drank any water in like two days, which I'm in that stage right now. <laughs> Dude, <it's, laughs> I'm trying to get out of it, man. I know it's, <laughs> it's so hard. Cause like the business, like you don't even realize at the end of the day, you're yeah. like, Dude, I'm so thirsty. Yes. And, uh, the, so say like it's January, you just tangibly and intentionally get a cup of water and you just stand there and drink it. Like just breathe. Don't, do it on the run, just stand there and drink a glass of water. February comes around. It's the second month. You do it twice a day. So say by the time you get to the eighth month of the year, like you've already built the confidence and you can drink those eight glasses of water routinely. And you don't even have to drink. Obviously you don't get to December and be drinking 12 glasses of water unless that's what your body intake needs. But you know, you've built that into your, you know, your process, which then makes it sustainable. Cause you know, it's something that becomes a, a subconscious, mm-hmm. Well, um, what they say, 21 to 28 days or something like that. Uh, create yeah. a habit. That's, well, it's, um, there's a really good book called Atomic Habits by James mm-hmm. Clear. So like the 21 days is the like the ability, time it takes to wrap your mind around the idea. Um, and then 60, 63 days mm. is like the, re- obviously the repetition of that um, to actually become part of your, like your subconscious behavior. So, um and that, that also works too because when people are trying to make a change, like you're trying to go from zero to finish line like now um, and it doesn't happen that way. So if you know that it takes 63 days to to make a habit, like write a calendar out or write one through 63 and then remind yourself like you're on day six, not like 63. So you're trying to be a little bit better than yesterday, you know, and then the next day you're trying to be a little bit better than the day before. Um, so, you know, it's... It's one of those things where you put, when you take like time out of change, like you take the grace out of the process. Yeah. Um, and so trying to help, 
you know, clients be a little bit more graceful on the way of like when you fall short. Um, but also, you know, realizing that you're not going to be perfect. Yeah. The first day you try to make a shift. I always tell them too, it's like, have some compassion for yourself. You know, if, if you happen to fall off the wagon, like be okay with that. Right. You can still jump on. I think there's a lot of people that fall off and then like just crash and burn because they fall off. And it's like, we're not perfect. Right. Right. And it just t- takes this time for that dedication for this goal. How important is it for you? Um, an investment. You know, what, what I heard you say is just invest in these goals. Um, I think with those taking small bites, it helps in the terms of results too because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to go towards your goals if you see results. And so if you have just this long-term goal, it's hard to see your progress along the way. But when you track it down and have little mile markers along your way until you hit that big goal, then it's like check, check, check. And then eventually you get to that bigger prize. And so with goals, a little hack I guess that I have always used that's in my toolbox is write them down I think a lot of people have no problem talking about them right I definitely follow that but if you just talk about your goals and they're just dreams right but if if you write them down and I'm not talking about I mean if you can write them by hand because I think there's a little bit more power behind that so I keep a little journal and write down whatever goals I have throughout the year and then I read them every night Mm. you know and that just keeps me focused and then in my before I go to bed when I review my day and take that inventory I see if I've made progress in that or if I did anything that takes me steps towards that goal and if I didn't then that's okay Mm. but then I can go into the next day saying okay I need to do something that takes me towards that because I think it's really easy to have a goal and like if we don't have if we don't have any accountability towards ourselves for it a whole week can go by because we get so caught up in our schedule that, and then we never made any progress. Right. And then that's a, that's a whole week that you never made progress, you know? And so it's, it just disconnects us that much more to, you know, just achieving that. And then we can mm. be discouraged when a whole week doesn't go by, and you don't see any progress. You can get discouraged about it not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I was listening to something yesterday and the guy was saying like, take your goals and like, I think on average people look at their phone like 250 times a day, which is ridiculous. So he said, like, put your goals as your lock screen. So like every time you go like check your phone, you're just like staring at your goals. You know, it's like, I mean, obviously there's there's extremes, but that's funny. You know, it's it is that kind of while you're at it, you know, remind yourself of of what your mission is. Yeah. Well, but, that guy sounds like a smart guy because uh, I have that. <laughs> I never maybe knew. I was, maybe I was listening to you. Yeah, maybe it was, was this smart guy. Me, God, that guy sounds really smart. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you have? Did you have a goal in 2019? Did I have a goal in 2019? Yeah, did, like you had. Of course, I had goals in 2019. <laughs> like, do you know who I am? <laughs> did did like was there something that you were super proud that you accomplished? Yeah, you set out to do I, the off the off the leash remote coaching man. Mm-hmm. I started that in January 2019. And uh, when I did the year in review, um, I was actually telling telling my wife this and I wanted to have, so like when I write my goals out, I'll try and be as specific as possible. So I'll be like, okay, by, this was in January. I was like, okay, by June, July, I want this many clients, you know? 
And that was just one of the goals. Um, I didn't make that mark by the time I wrote down, but I did make it by the end of the year. Mm. And so I did get so many, and, and it was actually more than what I wrote down. So that was really cool. Totally. So I, I made, that was just one of my goals that I made and achieved. <clears throat> I feel too that um, very rarely do I not succeed a goal. If, you know, by mm. the process of what I'm doing. Whether it's in the time frame that I'm given or not, some way or another, those goals do come around and they do get accomplished. So it's, you know, the track record, track record is pretty good. So I think that just helps build the confidence of knowing. And that was something that I learned too when I got clean. But act, like I don't think I ever completed a goal before then. Mm. I was one of those people that like never finished something. And then slow, and then that was with the small bites, you know what I mean? Yeah. Setting up small bites, getting that done. And then those leading up to bigger ones. Now I have the confidence to know I have the capacity to achieve whatever I have in front. Um, so at the same time, it's a balance of, yes, you can reach for the stars, but then also having those realistic ones so hmm. that you just don't get clouded and confused with like direction. Yeah. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about that. The um, it's kind of like when you look, you know, obviously we've done our fair share of looking at achievers and people who write books and podcasts of people who've done just crazy things. But um, I believe it's, I want to say it's Paige Hathaway has a book about not stealing people's rock bottom um, and how most people who, you know, achieve something of, of greatness that have this moment where like there's a rock bottom that's hit. And, um, you know, for, for me, I used to call those core moments mm -hmm. and like where you really figure out who you are at the core, you know, and, uh, life is, life is interesting in a way of, you know, it's going to let you fall until you decide you're done falling, you know, and sometimes you fall until you hit the bottom <laughs> and the goal is to, you know, hope you, hopefully you have people around you that don't let you get there. Uh, and some of us are determined to get there no matter what, you know? Um, but did you, you have obviously talked about your story a little bit, but do you, do you have like a core moment where you're like, this has got to stop or like what, what brought you to like make that about face? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize we're getting into this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's bring it on me. So I, I do like uh, off of what you're just talking about. Um, I think one thing that always resonated with me was our rock bottom stops when we put down the shovel. Hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just going along those lines like when we've had enough, you know. And I can remember specifically the experience that I was having when I was at that spot. Uh, and it was it was kind of a combination of two events but within a month span the first one was getting ripped off for like the thousand you know thousands time whatever i was just trying to get a pill and the dude ran off with my money and i was hurting and i was dope sick and i was going into work you didn't have the cardio at the time i did <laughs> definitely didn't have i had some lung conditioning going on but it wasn't the right conditioning 
<laughs> um, but no, so he <laughs> ran off with the money. I was dope sick. I was supposed to be in at work in like a half an hour, and I was just like, and 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 so like to backtrack a little bit too. I come from, I was a very successful dope dealer, right? And so going from there to a spot of my quote unquote rock bottom where I have people ripping me off for a pill, I, my ego was just like shot, you know. And, but God bless that. I mean, because that it it snapped me out you know and i was just like i can't do this and i was i was like i'm done and so that was the first kind of trigger maybe the spark and then i was getting clean i had maybe 3 days under my belt you know but i woke up in bed and i just felt like a skeleton hmm. i rolled over i could feel my hips basically from the mattress springs like pressing against my hip bone you know what i mean just like rugged dude and i would just crawled out of bed my bones were creaking i was sore coming down and i was just like i'm never gonna feel like this again i get chicken skin watch, uh talking about it because mm. it i do live that day a lot because that is one of my main fuels and why i'm so deathly afraid of losing my gains <laughs> because i don't want to feel skinny again like that i yeah. could I could fit into my uh, ex-girlfriend's skinny jeans, man. I was yeah, just crazy. like, I was skin and bones dripping wet. like. Yeah, because it probably, you know, it's like that, just that imagery, you know, it's one of those things that will never leave your mind. No, it doesn't. That feeling, like, not just like the picture, but the feeling, your brain, what's going on in your brain, like we said, like, when you just look back at memory like that. Well, and it's one thing I taught myself to, to never lose that. Like to stay very raw with that feeling, and because in in uh, the road of recovery, um, in the road of recovery, you see people come in and out the rooms all the time, and so and a lot of them die, especially for having so many years. You know, I had a friend who had ten years clean and decided to go back out and use and died. Like Dang. that's his story, you know. And so it's like, and I'm coming up on you know a couple more years knock on wood and i will be at that 10 year mark and that he has always been a major figure of what can happen you know if you lose track of that you know things are going good now like i don't need that i don't need you know i don't feel like i could maybe go try that you know or something like that and i just have to keep that memory fresh about rolling out of bed and like how that felt mm -hmm. and how disgusted i felt so what was the, what was the first, like, so you have that realization, obviously there's probably a lot of people that have those moments, but like what you do next matters a lot. You know, so like, what was the first thing you're like, I got to do this. Like, what was your next step? My next step was, uh, and I think people can relate to this too, is I had no fucking idea. <laughs> I had no idea what the next step was. You're like, don't know where I'm going, but I can't stay here. Exactly. I had no idea. Um, and I think that re I think a lot of people get stuck in that because it's a very overwhelming and shocking feeling to be at the time I was 25. So you can only imagine people that are trying to get clean at 30, 40, 50 years old, but I was 25 and I had no idea who I was. I had no idea how to live life that was not by the rules of the streets, you know, <laughs> like a functioning human being. Yeah. I had no idea. So, I mean, 
I don't know what to do next, but I can tell you the process that I took. And so I worked in restaurants uh, at the time and people that work in restaurants know that there are some interesting characters and the shenanigans that go on (laughs) um, at a restaurant. I knew that I couldn't trust myself, especially with a couple of my coworkers were the people that I used with. That makes things difficult. So it makes things a little tricky. So I didn't trust myself. So I, God bless her soul. My mom would drive me to work and pick me up Mm. because I didn't, because I knew where the dope spot was. I knew if I was independently driving myself that I would detour, you know, (laughs) to say it lightly. (laughs) Quick little stop. I would detour. So that was the kind of the first step was just kind of having having that responsibility taken away from me Mm. um and then i was a hermit i was a hermit for a good six to 12 months (laughs) of just staying at my at my house not going out um and then i did um i was blessed with the introduction to meetings so i started to go to meetings Um, but that wasn't immediate um, I was seeing a therapist at the time while I was using and then after I was using. And so he saw that whole transition. Um, but he was always encouraging me. Like, I think you could do really good. Like, just go check these out. And I was really resistant. You know, I don't need that. <laughs> and uh, just decided to check it out. And uh, and this is that thing that we we're talking about setting goals, right? And I I had these goals. I knew I wanted to stay clean, didn't know how I was going to do it, and fell off along the way there. And I didn't fall off in in the terms of using. I I managed to stay clean, but I was still, I had a lot of my old behaviors still, obviously. I mean, I still have old behaviors, but I mean, I was going to meetings and I was still selling dope. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like I was staying clean, but I was so attached to that well, it's lifestyle that's all, all i knew so yeah. i was i was still selling dope but going to meetings and then eventually it caught on slowly it was a slow process and then i started nipping some of those things away mm. you know stop selling okay i can't do that anymore um i i don't have to keep flexing basically this street mentality that was a big one the hustle i think Besides the substances, my addiction to the hustle was one of the hardest ones to break. I bet. My phone wasn't ringing no more. Man, I felt like nobody loved me, man. <laughs> Which is very true, though, at the same time. You don't have the dope. Your phone's not ringing it. So. Huh. So what was the, were those shifts, were those self-regulated? You're like, I'm just choosing to be different? Or did you have kind of somebody you were like looking at and being like, that's finding gonna get there i need to do this Mm -hmm. i had uh i i think it's a little bit of both and i think um this goes back to just being one of my biggest inspirations because where i pull things out of my ass i have no idea where i get it from but uh i to backtrack a little when i was living in eugene oregon when i was really deep in the game i sold my 
dope dealing business, entrepreneurship 101, <laughs> sold my dope dealing business and picked up and moved back home. Huh. But I had a very bad habit at that time and I kicked Ivy heroin use cold turkey. Mm. And that was r- wild. That was an experience. You would think that that experience would have kept me off drugs, <laughs> but it didn't. And I relapsed, and I relapsed for about a twelve month, uh, twelve month stint, and then on oxy's. And then um, when I finally, you know, f- fast forward to where that guy ripped me off for that one pill. Um, and then when I, so when I decided to get clean, then I did that cold turkey as well. So it was like very much, I think, just my higher power watching over me, you know, because after the fact I did that and was starting to go to meetings and kind of telling my story to people, they're like, I've been to rehab like seven times and I just can't get it. You know, like, how the Mm. fuck are you going to do twice cold turkey and then just like go to meetings and then you just stay clean? And I was just like, sometimes when I put, I mean, and you know, when I put my mind to something, I mean, it's just getting done. And then so I think that really has carried over Mm. and I think also influences me to how I get things done today because I can remember the struggle that I went through to do that, but it was all just mindset. And so it's like if I can do that, which I know a lot of times it ends up in death for people. If I can do that, then what else couldn't I do? So it's it's a big fuel for my mindset. Well, I think that's I think that's huge because. Like we're talking about, I was trying to say when you, you set goals based on who you are, you know, like whether it be you following through or like, you know, when you set your mind to something, it's getting done, you know, that becomes applicable to, to anything, you know? So it's funny because that kind of street, like grit, hustle kind of mentality, like Loki saved your life. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. You know? And and it's like one of those things when you flip it, you know, it's like that same, that same drive that could kill you could also like make your life, you know? And it's, it's cool to see, you know, how moments that, like you said, could be catastrophic. I mean, has been for probably thousands, millions of people, you know, it's that like that little fight fight somewhere inside of you that's like this doesn't get to win you know Mm -hmm. and um and it's yeah it's just interesting how like the same exact spirit could kill you or make you like the strongest human being you could know it's about Uh, channeling totally flipping that channel right because i know on that same note i know where to go still today like i can i can make a phone call and be back out there it's that it can be that cunning, right? Yeah. Like I can, I know where to go, but to flip that and to be in a more positive direction is a skill acquired mm. that I've learned along the way too. And to back, uh, backtrack too, saying that it's not like, I, I really can't discount uh, all the tremendous support that I've had along the way. It was not all, all me. I'm, I'm not going to be even that naive. Um, one, my higher power, but two family, my family was extremely supportive um, in that transformation. Um, and then my core group of people that I got clean with in the rooms, they basically taught me how to live. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like they cannot be um, 
excluded out of my story as well. They were monumental in that transformation. Yeah, and I think like we were talking, you know, off the mic earlier about like the power of, you know, the ability to do something even if you don't want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like that ability to say you want something and then do what it actually takes to do it. Um, and there's a, I forget, I forget who I was listening to, but he was, uh, he was ex, he's like ex military and he was like super opioid abuser. And, uh, and then he basically like stopped like pretty cold Turkey and it was like on a kind of unheard of. And, uh, and then he went on to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So they brought him before Congress and they're like, mm. you know, how do we beat this opioid crisis? He's like, how do you get people off this to do what you did? And he's like, you know what you do? And he's like, you know what I did? I went, walked in the kitchen, I set the pill bottle down and I never took another one again. <laughs> That's it. Like, it's, it's so simple, but we make it so hard. Totally. But it's like, <laughs> it's that making a decision mm-hmm. and then it's that like, when I make a decision, I stay true to it, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, whether that be, you know, like staying true to who you are, even when the moment doesn't lend well to that, you know, or the way you treat somebody, regardless of how they're treating you in return. And, um, yeah, it's, that's a super difficult lesson to learn. And it's a hard one, even when, especially when you're at the, like the lowest point, you know, I'm sure, but it's cool to, you know, see now like thousands of lives that are getting changed, you know, by you because you made that decision, you know, and there's so many other, it's like choose your own adventure books. Like there's so many other outcomes that could have came out of that for real. Um, so it's cool to see, it's cool to see now just like amongst your, amongst your peers and stuff to see people, you know, being led into a better life just because you chose to, you know, and that's, that's something that, you know, you for sure should be proud of. That's uh, yeah, that's big time. I definitely feel proud. And I definitely (laughs) hope that, I mean, this story is not for me to tell. I mean, it's more for that listener. You know, that's all I ask. It's like, I don't get my bells and whistles off by preaching my story. It's like, (laughs) I, I, I tell it so that someone can resonate with it and hopefully make that decision in their life to become better. And, Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I've really learned too along the way with an addictive brain is to not listen to my thoughts. And I go in and out of this a lot because uh, those wheels can turn. But the more I feed into it and the more I believe my thoughts, then the more chaotic my life is. Mm. Um, If I can just ignore especially the first thought. And I I think that uh, with someone that maybe is trying to reach those smaller goals, maybe, and like a big one is uh, eating habits. That one comes to mind a lot. And people get that reward system off of certain foods. So when you start to, if, and, but if it's bad and you want to cut it out of your, your diet, then those thoughts come back, right? And your brain's telling you that you need it. Smaller version of addiction, but it's there. And um, not believing that first thought, you know, mm. and playing that tape out. It's like, okay, well, I could go have that cookie <laughs> or that latte or something, whatever your poison is. And it's like, I need it. Well, no, hold up. Like, stop yourself. I don't need it. What's going to happen? I'm going to have that latte. It's going to lead 
to several more throughout the week. And then I'm a month in and I haven't achieved anything towards my goal. Right. So it's like play that tape out. How does that end up? And a lot of times it's the complete opposite direction of where you want to be going. Yeah. So it's really okay. Well, what am I going to do instead? So then it's replacing that, you know. And so I think that has really helped me whenever times that I felt like I really wanted to use. And I get that still. After a hard day's work, you think I don't think about, man, it would be nice to have a beer. Fuck. I could go kick kick it on the couch, have a beer. And it's like, my first thought is, when have I ever been a one beer guy? <laughs> that, that one beer turns into a 12-pack to go back to the store and get a rack. And I'll just drink until nothing's left. You know, and that's playing the tape out. And then I'm not clean. And then beer leads to cocaine. Then it leads to right? So it's like that tape, man. It may not be as extreme, but everybody has a tape. Yeah. You know, and if that tape isn't going the way that you want, don't buy into it. Yeah, and I think that, like, just that remembers that the sacrifice, the fact sacrifice is worth it, you know, and that's um, a vision. I think vision is so important in that way. Like, that's exactly what you described, like, seeing beyond this moment right now, like beyond what I would want, my feelings, you know, looking farther down that line. All right, that's, that's definitely not, you know, where I want to be. And then backing that thing up and, so that makes it like that reverse engineering makes it a lot easier to make those in now decisions because you've taken away the difficulty of decision making by making it black and white. Mm-hmm. Like does drinking that beer on the couch take me closer to where I want to be? No. So am I going to do it? No. You know, it's like, uh, I forget the quote, but it's, it's like something like, do I want to work out? No. Do my feelings get a vote? No. <laughs> That's or like there's a lot of quotes around feelings. It's like feelings are like kids in the car, like you like having them there, but you don't let them drive the car. And so that ability to make things binary, you know, I think is huge, you know, in decision making and um the the power of that vision, you know, that you get. I think that's something that's kind of intertwined in in you and in me is that ability to look farther down the line than where you're at right now. Yeah. The long game. Yes. And that's also what, you know, makes us successful, um, you know, trainers, coaches, is the ability to do that for your clients Mm -hmm. as well, you know, is looking farther down their future than they can see right now. And then like introducing them to that version of themselves, you know, where they walk away feeling a greater sense of, you know, courage in their own life because of what we or what we're able to see in them that they maybe couldn't see for themselves. Um, and obviously that, that vision comes from a lot of different, a lot of different ways, you know, it'd be hard to get out of, you know, situations you were in without having some kind of vision of what could be right. You're like, I don't, I don't know what I'm, where I'm at right now, but I know I'm not staying here, <laughs> you know, so I got to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, so do you, uh, what is. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. What is mm, a story? Wait, another one. That's two for one day. Man. <laughs> you're going to get really good really at hitting the curve. <laughs> what is a never be told, never told story about Patty Gleason? Fuck. A never told story. Uh, a never told story.
I'll have to pull one out. I don't think that it's never been told. I don't tell it that much. Um, and I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I don't remember a lot of stories. <laughs> I have, that is 100%. I don't like, I think that was, uh, a big resentment that I had when I, I kind of got out of the fog and stuff like that is because I didn't remember probably 16 to 25. Dang. Like, on it, like, I ain't exaggerating. You know, like, I get flashbacks every now and then. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember when that happened. But uh, if I if I need to, like, go back and recall a lot of that stuff during the, that's a good decade almost, you know? I don't remember it. That's a so like I never I'm sure there's a lot of untold stories that other people have of me. <laughs> You're like this untold stories even to me. But uh I think one of the untold stories I guess for a little bit of shock and awe is when we moved just to give you a little bit of a taste of, gra- of the gravity of the situation I was in was when I moved from Eugene back home. And I was cleaning out the basement that I was living in. I ended up filling 13 Ziploc gallon bags full of used syringes. What? 13. Passed them off at the HIV clinic. Said, deuces, I'm out. Oh my gosh. So I'll give you a little bit of shock and awe with that one. That is freaking crazy. Hundreds can fit into one. Dude. Freaking ridiculous! So, that was a little bit of how unstable. But how did it feel to drop was. that off at the clinic, though? I felt gross, man. It was another times you would have thought. You're like dropping this off for a friend. <laughs> you would have thought that maybe that would have been a eye opener, but Dang, I just chalked crazy. it up, man. Whatever. Charge it to the game. Yeah, it's when you're more removed, it seems a little crazier. That's freaking. Um. Are we, I want to segment, uh, segue just a little bit because uh-huh. I was thinking about wanting to tell this story. Yeah. Um, I guess I could have told this story. Um, and it just happened though over the weekend. Um, I had a dream. Oh, shoot. I had a dream. Okay. And um, <laughs> it wasn't that kind of dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> An actual dream. And um, I was with my wife and her brother and we were in this little town that's not too far away from where we live on Maui. And um, we were at this function and there was a ton of people there and we were getting ready to leave and we couldn't find her car. We couldn't figure out where she parked. And so we were walking up and down the street and we just couldn't find it. And then I ended up running into a couple of childhood friends that I have (laughs) that I haven't thought of forever. They just popped up in this dream and I jumped in their car and they were helping me find uh, our missing car and so that was the dream and I rarely remember my dreams but I woke up this one and I it was vivid you know and so whenever that happens I look up right I don't know if anyone else does that but I look up the dream the missing car was symbolizing that my motivation levels haven't been as high as they were or should, or that I should, uh, I feel like my motivation is missing. Hmm. Okay. I think that's what it said, that my motivation is missing or I'm lacking something to keep me motivated. 
um, and then running into old childhood friends symbolizes that um, I'm overworked and that I'm looking for more fun in my life. Okay, so I got that and it kind of sat uneasy with me uh, because I do feel like I am being fulfilled um, and I do like where my life's at now and I feel like I'm having fun. So I was like confused about it, right? But me being me, overanalyze it. And but what and then I was talking to my wife about it. If you haven't noticed, we do have a lot of conversations. <laughs> but I was talking to her about it. And um can't, it boiled down to this. And I thought of this because then you sent me a text about a goal that you had for 2020 about taking OTL as being a full-time job, right? So in this dream, I feel that it is this fork in the road, right? Mm. And my lack of motivation or feeling that I am not um, having enough fun, but I feel like we are at this, this fork. And OTL is kind of taking off. We have the stuff that we've been doing that we need to do because we have pay, we have bills, right? We need a paycheck. Um, yes, we do. Yes, but I I honestly feel like this was just symbolizing like this fork that we have in 2020, and I am confident that as long as we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to veer off. So that and I, I my instant response to you saying that you wanted this to be a full time position. And I was like, it's already done. We're just on, like on the road already. And so I like these things just started clicking. And um, it was just a really cool dream because it brought me down and just like made me excited again, mm. thinking about the potential of OTL. And yeah, I just wanted to share that. No, I, I think that's, <laughs> that's great. I think that's pretty close to what I've been feeling too is, you know, like sometimes I don't know for you, but for me, like sometimes grind mode feels like home, you know? And when you get in and you're doing something that you're good at and what you feel called to like you, you know, it's almost like a relief when you're doing it. And, you know, I spent like two, three years just like head down, just like, go and pedal the metal and you know everybody around you like you know be smart like the grind only lasts for so long like you're a young cat but you know that's not that's not a long-term sustainable kind of lifestyle you know and um and I think obviously this last year I got married Mm -hmm. and um one of my uh just one of my mentors reached out to me right before my wedding. And he's like, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I ever got was like, like during your wedding, you know, every like 10, 15 minutes, just like take a second to breathe and look up and see who's around you. Um, and that like, that really spoke a lot to me. And I think I kind of took that into my life now where like you have your head down and like the check is nice and you're like doing something, you're going a place where you're fulfilled, you know, you're giving people and people are receiving and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, you're, changing my life and like you feel good about mm-hmm. the work that you're doing um but you know when you take a step back and you're like you realize you know how many you know relationships have been distanced by you know the putting of the head down yeah um and whether it be your friendships or whatever that have taken 
you know, a backseat and, you know, been diminished. And, you know, it's, it's like, that's not the answer either, you know? So the thing I love about, you know, OTL is that, you know, whether it be, you know, our friendship where we know how to go, you know, savage mode, but also like the ability to sit back and realize that like relationships are super important. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the walking it out and be able to turn that off is, is a learned skill as well. 100%. Um, and I think that's, that's something that I've really found value in, um, just kind of in this last season of, you know, getting married and that's obviously a massive shift in, in life. Um, and being surrounded by, you know, other people who are in that same place where they're like, I don't want to work the nine to five. I don't want to be in like this structured environment. And on the flip side, there's also that struggle of like, you know, the paying the bills and, and doing what you know you're supposed to be doing like deep in your spirit. And, um, I think that the beautiful thing we found with, with OTL is it's a combination of the two, you know, is people who are reaching out for more, whether it be physically, mentally, like all those things. And we get to go f- figure out life together. Like there's no one way to do it. You know, like, like before we talked about off the mic is like, we haven't figured it out. Like we don't have this all figured out and we're not the people who have like built a million dollar company. Like we're in the process of, mm-hmm. of building it together. And there's like, I just find such a value in being in the trenches with people and like figuring it out. And like, I'm in a good place and I got answers that you need, you know, when you're in a certain place and vice versa and building a community of people who are just dedicated to being, you know, learners and like have come to a humble place in life where you're like, I need help. Um, and that doesn't, that's like taking away the shame of that Mm -hmm. question. Um, is something that I'm super passionate about. Like the taking away the fear of saying, I don't know. And one of my goals for like the last two years was to get a podcast going mm-hmm. and like bought a lot of podcast gear mm-hmm. that I got a lot of flack for because I probably didn't have the money to spend on it when I did. <laughs> yeah, but now we style it. And, but, and like started, I probably had three different podcast names that I started and did a couple of episodes and episodes here and never came to fruition. Um, but it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I'm not sure how (laughs) we were going to get there or what it was going to look like, but I knew that I just wanted to take a step towards it. And that's, um, that's what I want, you know, to always be a, a betrayal of not just what I ask people to do. Um, but what I do in my own life is like pushing into, that uncomfortable place mm-hmm. and the limit. Like I would say everybody has a limit and a level. Like you have a level of which you've reached, you work towards, and then you have a limit, whether it be your talent, whether it be your fitness level, whether it be, you know, it could look so many different ways, but the dedication to constantly just push into it and take away the fear and the shame of saying, I don't know, or I need help, or how do I do this? Or, you know, the fear of trying which I think is a huge part of, you know, that we can take out of our culture now, especially kids growing up. It's like just the ability to try without being ashamed of falling. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited 
that we've uh, we come to this place. Yeah, and if I could just add one thing before we take off, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I feel that we work very well together because we both live in that boundary of comfort and uncomfortability, which is that area of growth, right? If you just keep expanding, then we deflate a little bit, but that growth has now stayed there. So then we expand that a little bit more and it just, it fluctuates that way. And then we bounce off of each other along a lot, uh, very well too, because I know that there has been times where I've told you to take a break, you know, and, and times that you've told me, you know, that we need to pay attention to the loved ones or to our relationships and that we, you know, don't have to be in grind mode 100% all the time. It's like breathe for a little bit. And uh, I think with that journey of OTL and us wanting to go full time with it, it's something special that we are sitting down here and recording these podcasts because I know, so I, I was kind of thinking back to when I was a kid, I used to always search for those unknown bands yeah. and then I'd like them so that when they got big, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I was li- listening to them before they even got big right. and it gave you that kind of bragging rights. I feel like there's a lot of that kind of going on with OTL and it's like people are able and have the access now to join in on this journey that we're taking, yeah. right? I, and we talked about this right before this and it's like, we talked about those big hitters, you know, that are influencers right now. And we've kind of gotten their end product and how they reflected on how they've gotten there. And very rarely do you find someone that is taking you along in that journey. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be failures, you know, that we can talk about freely on here and like take away that shame of, I don't know what to do yeah. or I failed. It's like people can be there to experience it. And I'm just really excited to kind of, Share that with people. Yeah. And then in the digital age, like one reason why I wanted to do a podcast was like, these are forever. Mm-hmm. Like that stuck with me too. When you said that too, I was like, yeah, that's, that is pretty trippy. Like my, like I would pay a lot of money to like hear, you know, my parents when they were mm-hmm. like in their twenties or, you know, when they had their own business and talking about life and, and their processes. And this is something that, that goes on for generations, especially for us to like look back in a time capsule like no matter where this goes and just to like have a moment in time of like where our heads were at and like what our lives look like and you know to hear you know you tell your story and like maybe like the stuff that you'd say now you forget five years from now you know yeah um and that's the kind of cool of just documenting this this process along the way and I'm super excited to to get into bringing on guests mm-hmm. here to, to see different people's processes. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Too. Yeah. The tools that the tool that they found getting into the nitty gritty of some of the other people and how they tick. When you realize that the people that you look up to are no different than you at all, you know, they've made, they maybe made minor decisions here and there that have led them different places or, you know, they've had resources or they pe- people come along or guide moments where they, they get put in a place of favor you know, that they maybe didn't deserve or they were right place, right time. Um, but they're no, they're no different. You know, we're all figuring out together and, and I'm excited to, to do it with you and, uh, with Mr. Tyler over here and, uh, just pull our way closer a little bit better. Cool. Is that it? Bada boom, bada bam. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, go and leave a, a rating and a comment in either Podbean or, Apple's iTunes 
podcast. Where can they find you on social uh, media? Find me at Patty Gleason, uh, P A D D Y G L E A S O N. Um, I like to stick to Instagram. I don't really go on my Facebook too often, so kind of the same way. Yeah, find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, how about you? I'm Jer underscore Am underscore I on Instagram. That's usually the spot where I'm at, and you can find us at Off the Leash Lifestyle.